I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the monster match. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. He did the monster mash. You're a monster. Star Wars fans and move milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 97 of Blast Points. This is Jason. This is Gabe. And it's our Halloween spectacular. We're going to be counting down the top 13 monsters of Star Wars, according to us. Yeah, a little bit of trick and a little bit of treat. A lot of bit of Star Wars news. Star Wars and Halloween kind of have always gone Hand in hand. Gabe, have you ever, for Halloween, dressed up as a Star Wars person? It's funny because I don't think I ever have. <laughs> I've I've dressed up to go to the movies for premieres. I was just a random robot once when I was a kid. But I don't think I was ever a Star Wars character for Halloween. Were you? I was Indiana Jones for Halloween a lot when I was a kid. But the the closest I've ever come is I have a like store-bought Jango Fett costume from 2002. Yeah, I think I've seen you in that. Yes. Halloween 1999, I was at like a CVS and they had Jedi robes. It was, you know, after Phantom Menace. And they also had like a Kiss makeup kit. And I couldn't, dis- I was like, ooh, 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 ooh. But they both were like really cheap because it was like the night before Halloween. I was like, Wait, I've got an idea. The, the idea was that I was going to be like Paul Stanley as a Jedi. But I don't know if you've ever tried to put kiss makeup on yourself. I can't imagine it's that easy. <laughs> it's, you know, it seems easy. It's like shaving with a crayon. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it would be fun. So it didn't look that great, but uh, the thought was there. I dressed up as Obi-Wan for Attack of the Clones premiere. And then I dressed as Jar Jar for Force Awakens. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I never did for Halloween. It's like when Star Wars is every day, you don't want to, it's not special for Halloween. <laughs> like the one day I don't wear, I don't dress like Star Wars. Do you go trick-or-treating with your kids or do you hand out candy? No, I always go trick-or-treating and no one comes to our house. So we don't even, like we've left whole bowls of candy in front of our house and nobody takes it. <laughs> so we don't even leave candy out anymore. But no, I always go trick-or-treating with my kids. Because um, my son and I usually have like combo costumes, and we've—he's almost wanted to do Star Wars a couple times, so I would have done Star Wars for that, but he hasn't quite yet. When I would pass out candy in the past, anyone wearing anything Star Wars would get extra candy. And there was a while when there were a bunch of Ahsokas, and I'd be like, "Oh, you get like a whole handful." So last few years, I've gone trick or treating with my daughter. And it's always been great because I've seen, like, really elaborate Star Wars costumes on little kids, which always makes me like, I remember before The Force Awakens came out seeing a little girl dressed as Phasma. And she was like, she was into it. And I was like, man, the movie hasn't even come out yet. That little girl was probably mad after she saw Force Awakens. (laughs) She was like, she didn't even fire her gun. She'll be hyped for Last Jedi. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping I see some Snokes. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to see little kid Snokes. That might uh, that might mess me up. A little four foot tall Snoke. If I was handing out candy and a little Snoke came to the door, they get the whole, just dump the whole thing, the whole bowl of candy in their bag. If the parents are there, you're like, I'll trade you kids. You can have my daughter. I want your <laughs> I want your Snoke child. I was thinking, do you think Halloween exists in Star Wars universe? Like, is there a day where everyone dress? You know, because really every Star Wars movie, someone dresses up in a costume or a disguise. Let's run through them. Let's run yeah, through them. I think you're right, right? So, A New Hope, we got Han and Luke dressed as stormtroopers. Right. Empire. Does anyone dress in a disguise in Empire? The Wampa disguises himself as snow to sneak up on Luke. Does that count? Yoda disguises himself as not Yoda. Crazy old little alien yeah but nobody really dresses up in a costume to go like undercover yeah empire is an exception because jedi has everybody's in disguise in that one we got leia in disguise lando in disguise luke's lightsabers pretending to be r2d2 phantom menace they uh put a poncho on to be peasants yeah well and all of padme's handmaidens are disguises it's true yeah that, that whole movie is a bunch of disguises Palpatine pretends to be Palpatine. Attack of the Clones. Anakin, Zam Wessel. Zam Wessel and Anakin puts a poncho on. Sith? No. Well, I mean, technically, Sidious is still in disguise, right? Okay, I guess you could count that, sure. That might be cheating, but... Force Awakens? Unless just masks in general count. There's a lot of people wearing masks in Force Awakens. Yeah, taking them off. Because, I mean, technically, Kylo Ren's wearing a Halloween costume. Yeah, technically. Take off that mask! Don't do anything. You wanted that for Christmas. I told you no. <laughs> but you got a Snoopy snow cone machine in your room, too. All the stuff <laughs> Leia and I wouldn't get for you. But you got an easy bake oven <laughs> making warm cookies. It's a bunch oh. of crap. It's overpriced. <laughs> but yeah, I would think this the Star Wars universe has Halloween, right? I mean, the wikis have Life Day, which is Star Wars Christmas. So somebody probably has, like, maybe the Mandalorians have, like, on mask, mask day, where you, everyone trades helmets and goes around asking for candy. So with this being the special Halloween episode, I figure we should give a moment to celebrate great moments in Star Wars Halloween history. Toys R Us has the Big Bird Halloween costume and the Yoda Halloween costume for trick-or-treating. And this year we are talking about an episode of the Today Show, which went down in history as the Drunk Ewok. The incredible Drunk Ewok. It starts out innocent enough, right, with the Today Show crew all dressed in Star Wars gear. A couple little Ewoks to spread some Halloween cheer. The Ewoks were left unsupervised for a while, and they got into the booze. <laughs> as, as the Ewoks are known to do. <laughs> and by the time the cameras started rolling that morning for the Today Show, the Ewoks, and I think especially Wicket, were out of control. As we Ewoks are known to do. <laughs> This is what it's going to be like on Halloween, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. Try to make sure your kids don't have too much candy. Okay. okay. Yeah, make sure your kids oh aren't gosh, drinking. So These are called mommy dogs. They're all free to have vodka. Okay, so this is a martini. Yes, this is the boutini. The boutini. Michael Jackson dances. There was some inappropriate touching. Got very friendly with Al Roker's leg. Yeah. While Al Roker is dressed as Han Solo. That's happened too many martinis. Hey. Oh, stop it. Oh, and you man. need an Ewok to do your party trick, too. Apparently, you need a couple of these guys. Hey, hey, hey. Oh. <laughs> I feel so dirty. There's some karate fighting. <laughs> Two of the Ewoks start to fight each other. Like, legit fight each other. Like, they hate each other. It's a truly magical moment in Star Wars history and Star Wars Halloween history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the moral of the story, do not give alcohol to the Ewoks. Don't do it. Yeah, keep the booze away from the Ewoks. 
they'll drink half of it and turn the other half into magical soap. All right, so there was a little bit of Last Jedi stuff happening. Good. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Last Jedi. Yeah, a little bit. That just kind of another out-of-the-blue explosion of stuff. Was it USA Today? Of all places, had an article with a another behind-the-scenes video. Ryan Johnson Palooza. How many sh- shots of Ryan Johnson smiling can you fit in two minutes? Walking up the ramp, walking through the hallway. <laughs> I flash back to when I was a kid and with the action figures inside. Suddenly I had like a big lump in my throat. <laughs> this is how they... This is how it gets you. Damn it, here we go, stand by. And action. Really cool behind the scenes stuff. Lots of the Falcon. Really cool Falcon blueprints in the beginning. Did you see that it said uh, Space Bear on top of the blueprints? Oh, yeah, it did, didn't it? There's a really cool shot. The first shot in it that kind of made me like, ooh, was Finn and Rose walking through, like, the First Order, like, hangar thing in their First Order uniforms. And there was a little bit of controversy on who who else is behind Finn. Is that DJ? What do you think? It kind of looks like DJ. Everyone kind of looks the same in a imperial uniform with their hat on. I kind of feel like it is, though, right? Like, he's definitely someone that they know because he's walking with them. I don't know. We just don't know anything about DJ, a.k.a. Mungo Baobab. He probably gets them into the First Order thing that they're in and possibly even gets them the uniforms. Yeah, because isn't he supposed to be some sort of, like, hacker or something? That A, a slicer. A, oh, yeah, the slicer. He's a slicing pizza. Uh, the thinnest slices in Canto Bite. There's a lot of great shots of Luke smiling, Mark Hamill smiling. That's what I love about Ryan's approach to the story. It's like a real journey of discovery. This is a part with uh, Chewbacca by the fire. Ryan Johnson telling him sad like a dog whimper. Sad like a dog whimper. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is. It sounds like new Chewie does pretty good on set Chewie sounds, right? I don't know. I'm going to miss been... Peter Mayhew like, on the set of like a new hope. Where did you find that old man? <laughs> Lots of Ray fighting with her staff. In the rain. Which is cool because it's like you think she's going to have the lightsaber right away, but it looks like there's a, a good amount of some staff time before she goes full on lightsaber Ray. A staff meeting. You have more Ryan Johnson with the lobster sweater, the sizzler sweater. Ryan Johnson's birthday. Yeah, with uh, with his producer partner, Ram, who every time I see that guy, I, <laughs> I think of how we scared him and his son, Silly, at Disney Hollywood <laughs> Studios. You terrified his family. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. Loudly whispering, that's the producer of episode eight. We only terrified you out of love. <laughs> Not not out of malice. We weren't going to actually talk to you. We just wanted to whisper way too loud next to you. We thought we were being quiet. Did you notice that in every shot, Ryan Johnson is carrying around his little camera to take little photos? Yeah, you're right. I was thinking one day, how cool would it be for the Ryan Johnson Last Jedi photo book? I want to say I can't imagine them not releasing that, but then... They probably won't release it, and I'll feel stupid <laughs> saying that. But yeah, I, I think I'm probably more excited to see that than probably, you know, like a regular making of book. It would be pretty cool. I mean, it was neat when uh, John Knoll had those for the prequel movies where he had all his little, like, panoramic shots he took of the sets and things. But, I mean, the Ryan Johnson stuff's even better because it's less mechanical and more kind of just little artistic shots of things, I think. Yeah, I would love to see that. You get uh, a little, sh- very brief look at the space horse. We get to see him moving, though. Mm. Giant animatronic, beautiful space horse. Just want to pet his ears. So there's a bunch of little stalls. So I wonder if the space horse will have little space horse friends. Oh, I think definitely. Because even in that little, that the IMAX standee, there's other space horses next to 
our main space horse. Oh, you're right. It could be a stampede of space horses. You're right, yeah. So maybe there'll be some jumping from space horse to space horse hijinks. If we wish hard enough, if we close our eyes. (laughs) So there's that one part where it's clearly inside Snoke's cool lair. Ray, Daisy Ridley, she's standing in front of that giant circular thing that's in Snoke's pad that also was in that big BB-8 playset thing that had some weird round thing next to Snoke. Yeah, that's the, uh, the the hot question right now, right? Is what what is that round thing? It kind of looks like an old fashioned washing machine, which would make sense, you know, so he can keep his gold robe. Yeah, I think what it could be a shoe warmer to keep his his ballet slippers warm because mm-hmm. because space is cold. It could be a magnifying glass for when he's like reading Sith holocrons or something because he's oh, he's an old man. He might need a magnifying glass. It could be his bed. That's where he goes to sleep because, you know, Snoke has to sleep, too. He's not up all night. He's not crazy. Yeah, he's not that crazy. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like those those uh, hair salon hair dryer things. Oh, no, he's got a little bit of hair up there, right? There is a little bit. Yeah, he's got eyebrows. Least, so Yeah, it's to dry his eyebrows. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know what that thing's going to be. <laughs> it's extra crazy, though, because it looks like a kind of thing where you're like, oh, they're just going to blue screen something behind it. But everything... In that room is red, which makes it seem like it's just going to really be red in the movie. My for real thought is he's got that's how he talks to people. You know, it's like we saw in Phantom Menace. It's like the Flash Gordon talking to somebody screen. It's his like hologram projector thing. Right. That's how you talk to Snoke. Oh, that could be. You were thinking you put a lot of thought into that. Way too much. Well, and the other thing, it seems like people were freaking out with that, too, is there's there's the Praetorian Guard guy hanging out in the corner. So, A, we know the Praetorian Guards are actually dudes in suits, and they're still there when Ray's there. So, maybe there's going to be some, some action. I don't know. And there was the, in the other behind-the-scenes thing, there was the footage of Adam Driver fighting, was it two, three guys with big, long staffs? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. You start putting all the pieces together. I think it was cool too. Getting uh, going back to the the the, uh, the red dust of crate stuff. Oh, because we actually get to see the uh, little crate speeder thing crashing. As uh, is that probably stunt Poe mm-hmm. diving you, into the thing? I, did, I can't look at it because my eyes automatically always go to the LOSD guy in the corner. When Poe's diving, when Stunt Poe is diving in, there's, an, oh. there's a little LOSD guy in a, like in a resistance pilot uniform. Oh, you're right. You're right. I totally missed that. I just thought it was a guy with a, like a snow cap on. You're right. <laughs> so you think that's the same guy from the Force for Change video? Or are we going to get like multiple of those guys? I, I, I hope we get multiples. Yeah. I kept looking at the stuff on the wall. And thinking about how that's an old Rebel Alliance base. The tech on the walls and stuff inside those trenches looks very Rebel Alliance. Yeah. Looks very original trilogy. That'll actually be pretty cool if they they can kind of justify having a whole section of the movie that looks Star Wars old. And then things kind of wrap up with a really cool shot of, big wide shot of Snoke's throne room. Concentrated work split up by holy craps. Is there someone sitting in the chair? Is Ryan Johnson sitting in the chair? I hope so. <laughs> hey, look at me, everybody. Who's Snoke now? <laughs> actually, I think the coolest thing in the throne room shot is actually the column things on the side with the little spiky bit sticking out of them. Mm-hmm. His throne room is going to look really cool. Is Snoke's room really going to just be red or is it going to be like... I guess it is, right? Like if they were going to put windows or something, like you would think they would have built those. But you know what? I Actually, I wonder if the red stuff is similar to, remember in Rogue One, instead of doing green screen, like for the Mon Calamari ships, they built a set out of just like white, white stuff. And ILM is so crazy now, they could just put all the CG stuff just over the white stuff. I don't know. So, I, I would say yes, except for the part in the trailer where Kylo picks up his saber it's just nothing but red back there. I'm just trying to imagine what this room is going to look like and what what is the red. Like, he just has, like, velour 
curtains like hanging on the walls to go with his his jumpsuit like or his robe it's, are there you know is there gonna be like a star destroyer looking ceiling snoke is a stylish dude he wears a gold robe and he's just like i need to chill in a red room like red is his power color i bet his favorite song is sammy hagar's red I like red. The, you people laugh now, but when the Sammy Hagar cameo comes up in the Last Jedi, maybe all the adats were in the Sammy Hagar. <laughs> <laughs> Geonosis Battle Arena, where you can control all the action. Jedi heroes fight off countless enemies with powerful force action as the arena erupts in chaos. Look! Even the odds with the Republic gunship. The epic battle for the galaxy is in your hands. Star Wars vehicle and playset each sold separately. Figures not included, some assembly required. Star Wars would not be Star Wars without monsters. And Gareth Edwards wouldn't be working for Star Wars without <laughs> monsters. <laughs> monsters are an essential part of Star Wars. You can't have Star Wars without monsters. They tried to do A New Hope without the same amount of monsters. They watched it and they said, we need more monsters. Yeah. Go back to the cantina. More monsters, please. <clears throat> so in honor of Halloween, the spookiest time of the year... We have a list of our top 13 monsters. Anyone can do a top 10 list. We wanted to do three more than that (laughs) and make it spooky. So before we get into our top 13, we should go over what classifies for us as a Star Wars monster. I guess they can't speak. They should be unfriendly. So a Tauntaun is not a monster. Like a Tauntaun's a creature. A Tauntaun is a friend. I guess, yeah, they have to be like a... They're like animals. To be like a beast. And they can't be like a, like a smart beast. Yeah, like sand people. Yes. Even though they walk like men, and they're, but they're animals. They're mindless. Vicious, mindless animals. I'd go after them, but this is like a mine. Yeah, it'll heal eventually. It'll grow back <laughs> in time. Your mother's dead, kid. Why don't you just shut up? So let's get into it. Let's get into the list here. Should we start with lucky number 13? Yeah, let's start with number 13. It's a very special monster. If you're a Blast Points listener, you probably remember this monster. The Incredible, I'm going to let you say it because it's hard to say. Slitholith. The Slitholith. The Slitholith. The Slitholith. Oh, the Slitholith. So way back in the uh, Planet of the Hoojibs is our first, I think, sighting of the Slitholith. The Slitholith. Which is basically like... A slug, bat, dragon, tentacle arm thing that could fly, and it eats electricity, right? It's like a giant Minoc. Making the Hoojib's life horrible. It's called the Slivalith. After drifting in space for years, it made its way to our home. We were forced to flee, surviving on any bits of energy we could find. And just because the Hujib story wasn't crazy enough in the old EU stuff, there were more stories about Slivoliths. I want to say that there were four, maybe four different Slivoliths throughout the EU. Which is insane. Yeah. And they weren't cool enough on their own. It says, uh, basically, initially they were presumed to have been Sith spawn, but that wasn't true. They were a creation of the Yuzan Vong. <laughs> all, um, the, all the best stuff. And they would fly through space, hibernating in like the shape of like a meteor, and then they would crash on a planet and turn into a Slivolith. Yeah. I'm going to make a prediction right now. The, the final episode of Rebels is going to be all about Slivolith. <laughs> I would be completely okay with that. <laughs> Ezra has to face his final challenge, and, uh, you know, it makes sense, right? Ezra's friend, friend to the animals. He tames they, the Sithalith and... Yeah, they fly off into the unknown regions. <laughs> All right. That wraps Rebels up with a nice little bow <laughs> on top. Porky Pig comes out. <laughs> All right, so what's up next? Uh, so number 12, uh, another 
mystery monster. So it's the Nos monster, a.k.a. Quasal Maw, a.k.a. Swamp Slug. The history on that is in Empire Strikes Back, I believe it's one of the Macquarie paintings. There's this like caterpillar slug dragon monster thing that never got used in Empire and kind of got redesigned for Revenge of the Sith as the Nos monster who they had a 3D model and everything for that you can see in the making of book. And it was supposed to be in the uh, on Utapau when Obi-Wan falls off the boga. And this nonce monster was going to show up and eat these uh, probe droids. That got cut. So our dreams of seeing the giant nonce monster swamp slug were crushed. But luckily, in Clone Wars, they had a creature called Quazel Maw, who was in the wonderful Bombad Jedi Jar Jar episode and becomes Jar Jar's friend who he calls Boogie. What a great episode. Bombad Jedi. There's a bad boogie monster down there. You betcha. The bad boogie monster. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to make me want to watch Bombad Jedi tonight. There's always time for Bombad Jedi. All right. So what do do we have next? Number 11? So number 11 is a newer one, but still a sweet one. The gooey ooey Rathar. Ooh! Don't tell me a Rathar's got loose. Yeah, I'm hauling Rathars. I got ten of them going to King King Prana. Oh, so good. You know, and like, I remember the first time I saw The Force Awakens. The Raftar, and I was I was loving absolute every second of it. But the Raftar part, it was kind of like, well, this is different. Yeah, I would say the Rathars have really grown on me over the over all the years since Force Awakens came out. <laughs> so much, it's been such a long time. Yeah. But yeah, they really have at first. Like the the first shot of it going up against the glass, I was like, oh man, what's that going to be? But yeah, then them just rolling over the, over the place. It was like, yeah, it's definitely not what I was expecting, but. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're a cool creature, nonetheless. The Raftars always reminded me of like something that would have been in a Marvel comic, the old the old seventies eighties Marvel comics. It's it's definitely they're in the uh, the wild the wild side of Star Wars. <laughs> so number ten, the cuddly, fuzzy, lovable Nexu. Uh... Oh, the Nexu. The Nexu. Spiky, furry, rat tail. It eats the little uh, Geonosian, doesn't it? I think so, yeah. I wouldn't imagine that Geonosians would taste good. Kind of like like rotten shrimp. <laughs> I was it's thinking like, like spoiled salad. Ooh, okay. I would think like old seafood, but yeah, spoiled salad. Old seafood might taste like spoiled salad, so. It's just gross. It just they make me think of the... The Steve Brule episode where he eats the shrimps out of the dumpster or whatever. Like <laughs> that, that's what Mon- that's what Geonosians taste like. Bringo. It's like uh, opening a free present. Oh, what we what we have here? A little bit of crab, huh? Ever try it? A little bit tangy. So what do we know about Nexus? Is there any information about Nexus? Like where they come from? So the Nexu are predatory felines native to the planet Cholgana. Whoa. <laughs> They're also found on Xanox. Of course they are. Here's some trivia here. The Nexu was nicknamed Bad Kitty by ILM. Appropriate. So, yeah. But I always kind of feel bad for it when Padme kicks it. Yeah, because it, it kind of sounds sad. He's just hungry. Yeah, if you gave the Nexu like a bowl of milk and some kitty treats, probably be an okay pet. He kind of looks like he's smiling. Uh, All right, so what's up next? (laughs) So everyone's favorite desert good time, the Sarlacc. Oh, the Sarlacc. (laughs) We've talked about this a thousand times. What do you prefer, hole-in-the-ground Sarlacc or Little Shop of Horrors Sarlacc? I think I like Special Edition Sarlacc. At least it's moving. And doing stuff. I always thought just kind of the hole in the floor, you know, just a bunch of rubber on sand, Sarlacc, was kind of more terrifying. So it was like, oh, it's a bottomless pit. Oh, okay, I, I could see that. That was me in 1983. Somebody watching it today might be like, that's the dumbest thing I ever saw in my life. 
<laughs> Why are you scared of that hole? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, because it's kind of like, at least I guess the old version still had the tentacles a little bit. But it's like some of the, the scenes where they're hanging and it's like, it is more intense when there's something trying to get them. As opposed to like, oh no, I'm going to slip and fall into this hole that's not this that's not even that steep like the sides. Yeah, you can okay real easily fall into the Sarlacc. I guess sand is pretty slippery. It is. All right, so what do we have next? Oh boy, the Gorax. Oh, the Gorax. The adventurers crept down the damp tunnel and stopped at a huge doorway. Mace and the Ewoks gasped as a giant shadow passed over them. They were in the chamber of the giant Gorax. Mace peeked inside. That's the monster that captured Mom and Dad. Listeners out there, you may be saying, what is a Gorax? It is from Ewok film number one, The Ewok Adventure a.k.a. Caravan of Courage, and the Gorax is the giant monster that lives on Endor that steals Mace and Sindel's beautiful family, keeps them <laughs> in its little Gorax little, little cave castle thing, and they got to go save it. It's a great effect. It's a dude in a suit. They made him look huge. There's some amazing Ralph McQuarrie paintings out there of the Gorax. Yeah, it's like a giant Bigfoot Batman. If Man Bat had a baby with Bigfoot, that's the Gorax. That's the Gorax. It's a beautiful thing. Number seven. (laughs) Moving on is the Zillow Beast. Oh, the Zillow Beast. I don't like the sound of that. If that creature's as powerful as they say, what good are these rifles going to be? Ah, shut up, Cosmos. Poor Zillabees just wanted to be left alone, and Palpatine just wanted his skin because it was impervious to lightsabers and all kinds of stuff. Which that was, was that ever followed up on in Clone Wars? No. no, I kept waiting for it in Rebels. Bring back the Zillabeast. That'll you know? be the second to last episode. Will all be all, nothing but Zillabeast skin. I, I hope so because as much as nice as it was to have Ahsoka and Rex back and Hondo. I just really want the Zillow Beast to either get his revenge and, and break free or Palpatine to, like, make armor out of him or something. I don't know. Yeah, that was probably the most embracing monster stuff Star Wars has ever gotten. Yeah, because it's straight up. It's Godzilla. Dave Filoni likes Godzilla movies. And he made the Zillow Beast, which is the Star Wars equivalent of Godzilla. And they made all those. Remember the cool uh, promo posters they did for Clone Wars that looked like Godzilla posters with the Zillow Beast? Mm-hmm. Was there ever a Zillow Beast toy in any way, thing, anything? I, no. The Zillow Beast does not get enough love for how lovable he is. The Zillow Beast is in the uh, Lego Clone Wars game. Oh. You get to fight the Zillow Beast at the end. So at least he's in there. What do we have next? Number six, the Sando Aqua Monster. This is my favorite of all the Planet Core underwater Gungan sea creatures. This guy is my favorite. Yeah, he's my favorite too. It's like you got the OPC killer, which you're like, that's really cool. But then the big the big dog shows up and melts your heart. Yeah, I've always loved that guy. The music there is awesome. There's always a bigger fish. And the best part is the big roar is actually was Ben Burt's three-month-old daughter, Emma. And she had, a, I guess, a growly voice, he said. So he recorded her and pitched it down really low. So the giant beast is Ben Burt's daughter. Oh, Ben Burt. Yeah. You never stop fascinating us. <laughs> I just always love that big, giant, wide shot. Of the Sando Aqua Monster, and it looks like it's got really muscular arms. Yeah, well, it swims. It's got to swim all day. That's true. You know? Mm-hmm. It's got pecks of steel. All right, so what's up next? So number five is the sweet space slug from Empire Strikes Back. Oh, beautiful. Uh-huh. No! I see it, I see it. We do the cave. 
full of garbage bags on the inside of him but on the outside it's all slug i love oh. that guy that's another one too actually that shares uh share some stuff with the sarlacc so there's a guy another uh, secret superstar of star wars howie hammerman who worked as a sound engineer and a technician he worked on raiders temple of doom ewoks battle for endor he worked on i think he worked on alien but basically Ben Burt loved him because he had the best burps and Ben Burt would just record his burps and his burps were basically some of the sounds of the Sarlacc, some of the sounds of the space slug. He was E.T.'s burp, <laughs> Jabba the Hutt's burp. So he's pretty much like the star of burps in <laughs> in the whole universe. The burp king of the movies of the 1980s. <laughs> yeah, he almost could be one of the monsters on the list because he's like a monster of burps. <laughs> Stay tuned for the all the burp points episode. <laughs> so what's up next? Uh, number four is the reek. Oh, the reek. <laughs> That's the thing. The end of Attack of the Clones turned it up to 11 with the monsters. I, you know, I like Attack of the Clones a little bit. <laughs> and that is definitely a big part of it. Yeah, the arena scene is just like, oh, you like monsters? You like the Rancor? Well, here's three of them all at the same time. <laughs> Can't even keep up with it all. The Reek sound effect is one of, my, one of my favorites. I feel bad for the Reek when Django shoots him in the eye, too. Especially because it's like, Django's just going to die anyway. He could have let the Reek live. Because the Reek just wanted to be friends with Anakin. He was do- Anakin was doing like his uh, Crocodile Dundee move on the yeah. Reek. Maybe Finn has to do a little bit of that. With the space horse and calm it down. <laughs> maybe just Mick Dundee will show up. The cameo of the century. Maybe he's the the space horse trainer. Ryan Johnson. That's why everybody loves him. He's a huge Crocodile Dundee fan. Yeah. I love I love those movies. I even I even love the Los Angeles one. Moving on, we're staying in Attack of the Clones. You can't once you're in Attack of the Clones, you can't escape. <laughs> um, we're sucked into the vortex, the Acklay, <laughs> the big green love machine that fights Obi Wan, eats a toothpick. Oh, it's my favorite part when he snaps it, and yeah. then Obi Wan. <laughs> Obi-Wan has the stick, and it's all Ray Harryhausen and then stuff in there. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. I think the only thing that would have made the Acklay better if, after the Reek died, if Anakin and Padme rode the Acklay, too. They all of them. Just, they should have rode them all, yeah. <laughs> Same maneuver where Padme just jumps behind him and kisses him. Mm-hmm. People aren't talking about how crazy that ending of Attack of the Clones is. I, we talk about it all the time. I know we do, but I mean everybody else. <laughs> I, that that like ruined Star Wars for me for a while. Because that like I I think even to this day, Revenge of the Sith is like it's just tame compared to the end of Attack of the Clones. <laughs> you can't top it. So what's up next? So number two, Wampa. We're getting into the classics here with the top two. Yeah, Wampa, classic creature. Classic classic monster. He's fuzzy. He's cuddly. He eats raw meat. He licks people's feet so they can stick to the ceiling. Or he shoots water out of his wrist. <laughs> still still the debate of the century. We still don't know. Yeah, but the Wampa's great. The Wampa never gets old. I can never... All the different versions of the Wampa's face. The early one with like the bug eyes. I love all of them. And are we ready for number one? I think we're ready for number one. If you were paying attention, you might be able to guess it. Maybe not, because it might be something from the Ewok movies. <laughs> but it's not. It's the Rancor. In my opinion, the ultimate Star Wars monster. The monster of which all other Star Wars monsters are judged by. Yeah, I would agree that it was the biggest and baddest of the original monsters it's like if you were into the wampa it's like oh boy 
if we got a monster for you, it's like 10 times the Wampa. Uh, I still love I, the photo from ILM when they were filming Jedi, and it's the Rancor fighting the dragon from Dragon Slayer. Yes. I think about that way too much. <laughs> One of the greatest things ever captured on film. The Rancor, he, he lives underneath Jabba. He bites a Gamorrean guard's head off. There's just skulls and bones laying in his little cave. And sound-wise, too, he's another fun Ben Burt one. Apparently, he is one of Ben Burt's neighbors, Dachshund, by the name of Max, who was, like, really aggressive and would, like, bite people. So Ben Burt recorded him, and he turned into the Rancor. Next time you see Return of the Jedi, just think of a little little Dachshund. It's even the right color, so. Do you think that dog, when he recorded it, was trying to kill Ben Burt? It sounded like, yeah. Because I think he, like, bit someone while they were recording him, I think. I kind of wish they would make a like it was cool when they made the uh, the Black Series giant one not too long ago. Yeah, they really need to make like a puppet version. So Hot Hot Toys needs to get on that. Mm-hmm. Make a five hundred dollar Rancor puppet so you can make your own Rancor movies. Just have the Rancor driving driving a car. Rancor getting ice cream, surfing, surfing Rancor, Rancor mowing the lawn clothes and accessories for the rancor like glasses and like a baseball hat you know if we're lucky we may there's still a chance to get uh forces of destiny rancor oh mm-hmm. maybe they'll have uh, you know rancor with sunglasses it could happen <laughs> what are some of your monster hopes for last jedi and han solo i just hope there's a lot i'm still waiting for the, i'm waiting for the movie that out monsters attack of the clones if Han is just Han and Chewie talking to monsters for two hours, I won't. I won't complain. <laughs> I'm trying not to get my hopes up too much for uh, if we get to see the rubber chicken monster do something. Yeah, I wonder if the skull down in the water would count as a monster, like a dead monster in Last Jedi. Yeah, I guess right. The great yeah. dragon skeleton kind of counts. But we've seen the drawings of the of the rubber chicken, and it kind of looks like a like sea dragon thing. Uh-huh. There's a chance Ray's gonna ride it, just ride it around the island. That's how she leaves. Peace out, Luke. Tired of this. The rubber chicken talks to her. Where do you want to go? <laughs> I'll take you anywhere. <laughs> Let's go on an adventure. Ryan Johnson said it's weird. <laughs> right? It's not gonna go the way you think. No. Skywalker, Gamorrean Guard, new Rancor Monster and Rancor Keeper action figures, each sold separately. You regret this. Willie gets his claws into a Jedi Knight. Whoa, some jaws. This is my only chance. He's wounded. We better get in there. He'll never get out alive, Gamorrean Guard. New Rancor Monster. Action figures, each sold separately. From Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. So we we have a listener question, and this one is from Steve, and he is wondering about the two Rebels episodes with Saw in the name of the Rebellion. Okay. So he's saying that the part where the the big Saw head is talking to Mon Mothma, Saw says at the end of the hologram, what are you so afraid of? I hope, Citadel, after you've lost and the Empire reigns over the galaxy, unopposed. You will find some comfort in the knowledge that you fought according to the rules. That's enough. What are you afraid of, Senator? The truth. Return to your duties. He's wondering, do you think this hints at the possibility that Mon Mothma has been told by Bail Organa about the Skywalker twins? And that possibly Bail and Mon Mothma are protecting Tatooine and Alderaan and don't want them to get involved in Imperial stuff. And like, how much has Bale told Mon Mothma about the twins? Interesting, huh? Yeah, I never really thought about that. Because you would think that Bale, being Bale, can keep a secret and wouldn't have told anyone about Leia. But he does, in Rogue One, he, he tells Mon Mothma about Obi-Wan. Which that got me thinking, I mean, Mon Mothma in Rogue One, though, says, your friend, the Jedi. So I almost wonder if Bale told Mon Mothma there is a Jedi on Tatooine. I'm not going to tell you who, 
Because what if Mon Mothma is ever captured? What if Mon Mothma has a mind probe and they found out that Obi-Wan Kenobi is on Tatooine? Bale knows what he's doing, so he probably keeps his, his secrets pretty tight. So maybe he wouldn't say who Leia is. Well, I would feel like he wouldn't want to tell Mon Mothma anyway because it's his daughter. Like, he's raised her her whole life. Like, he's not going to do anything to risk that. And if she hasn't done any, she's not, like, lifted rocks and cracking cliffs with the Force, maybe he doesn't even think anything of it. He just knows that these children had to be protected from Vader. Yeah. And hidden. But he doesn't, he may not have totally the same way of looking at that. That like Yoda and Obi-Wan do. But you know, this that question makes me think of another question is, does Mon Mothma know that Kanan and Ezra are Jedi? <laughs> and if she does, what is, then in Rogue One, it's like, those other two Jedi were useless. What about <laughs> the, it's your, I hear you got a good Jedi somewhere. A real Jedi. A real, because I'm trying to think, because Ezra meets Mon Mothma, how much do they let on to Mon Mothma that they're Jedi? They come strolling in there with lightsabers, so. Yeah, a little weird. <laughs> but it's a good question, you know. Yeah. And But, I mean, that does make sense regardless of even Leia or Luke. Like, Mon Mothma has, or maybe if Mon Mothma doesn't, she knows that other people like Bale have families and things and homeworlds that she doesn't want them to get involved. Or Saw and his group are like, they're pirates at that point. Like, they don't have families and things, Like which is part of the reason they're so grizzled and grumpy that they have nothing to lose. Saw's whole thing is he's driven by grief and anger. Rebels is all about, the, what What did you say? The power, the power of family? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. That's, so. that's the, it's the true strongest force out there. Oh, Rebels. <laughs> yeah, Rebels. Yeah, good question. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, Steve. So we have got two new iTunes reviews that we have to get through. We've been putting them off for a while. So what's our first one? So the first one is from Cold 20s. Great podcast. I listen to a lot of Star Wars podcasts, but this one is such a fun, unique one that I'm glad to have discovered. It stands out as covering lots of obscure and fascinating Star Wars behind-the-scenes history, and some of the more bizarre corners of Star Wars pop culture history and fandom. The hosts are hilarious, too. Check it out. All right. Thank you, Cold 20s. Yeah. If it's weird, we'll try to find it. We do our best. <laughs> this next one is from Tico Toucan, which makes me want some Fruit Loops. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's titled A Must Listen. Uh, I found Blast Points. I'm not sure how. It was several weeks ago when I was searching for Last Jedi news, and I came across a mention somewhere. I've become a big fan since and have binge-listened to a dozen-plus episodes. The holiday special episode inspired me to check it out on YouTube for the first time after I heard about it for years. <laughs> what was seen cannot be unseen. <laughs> it's very, it's very true. true. It's very true, yeah. Love Jason and Gabe's enthusiasm, their sense of humor, the voices, and impersonations. After hearing them freak out about the Last Jedi trailer last week, I can't wait to see how they handle the actual film this December. Keep it up, guys. I can't wait to see how we handle it either. Yeah. yeah. Just make sure you tell your family you love them before you go to the theater, before your guts in a seat. Our, our actual Last Jedi episode could just be... <sighs> Then. Every time words try to come out, it's just burps. <laughs> bop, bop, bop. So thank you, Tico Toucan. I love yeah. it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank 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 you. Hi, J.J. Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode Seven, thank you. So you should leave us a review on iTunes, just like Cole20s and Tico2can did after you're done listening to this. If you're listening via iTunes, head over there, 
write something, and we'll read it, just like we did those. This is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Blast Points with Jason and Gabe. May the Force be with you always. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Check out BlastPointPodcast.com for comics, recipes, t-shirts, music files. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you get your podcasts. Mm -hmm. Keep spreading the word. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. But as far as 97 goes, that's about it. Happy Halloween. Get lots of candy. Yeah, send us photos of your Star Wars Halloween costumes. Yeah, if you have Star Wars costumes, recent or from the past, yeah, send them our way. It would be great to see. If you see anyone dressed as Snoke anywhere, we want to see that too. Yeah, just try not to get arrested <laughs> taking pictures of other people's children. But yeah, <laughs> we, we, we need to see all the Snokes. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Talk to you next time. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. Stinker with. May the force be with all of you.